0: This week on Emerge Mobile First, a conversation with Nick Vu, GM of North America, Direct to Consumer for Adidas Group.
1: You really have to have a thirst to learn new things, right? And I think uh, uh, in your role or my role, we're very high curiosity. We want to understand how things work, whether it's narrow and deep or maybe broad stroked and uh, across many topics. Welcome to
0: Mobile First. You'll find bonus tools, expanded information, and key takeaways on our website, EmergeMobileFirst.com. For a quick and effective way to level up your mobile strategy, again, that's EmergeMobileFirst.com. In this episode, we explore the mobile transformation and chasing the consumer as an enterprise organization with our guest, Nick Boo. We'll hear about their experience dealing with this transformation with a closer look at their new music-based direct-to-consumer app experience, one that is open-sourced and consumer-generated. Nick really brings value and transparency in this episode, and I couldn't wait to make it live for you all to hear. So without further ado, Nick is currently the GM for Adidas Group North America Direct to Consumer. A veteran in the retail industry, Nick has been with the brand almost eight years and has held roles of increasing responsibility during his time there. He is highly knowledgeable about the sporting industry and is best known for the turnaround of a bankrupt brick and mortar business, making it one of their most profitable channels year over year. Nick, thanks for joining us. I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Absolutely. So, you know, starting with our act one, we really like to understand your origin story and and where you come from to give us context and perspective of, of who you are and what makes you great. So Nick, what are you most passionate about in your profession and why?
1: Yeah, you know, Jordan, working in a direct-to-consumer industry with e commerce and brick-and-mortar, uh, I'm really passionate around people and the aspects of helping people kind of achieve their goals, whether it's small goals to life goals to business goals. And so that's what really drives me and gets me up to go to work every day. And how did that come to be?
0: Was it something of your childhood or is it an epiphany you had or something in school? Like, what caused that
1: for you? Yeah, to be honest with you, it started when I was young. Uh, I was raised by my grandparents, really diverse history and uh, upbringing. And what I would tell you is I think the values of which was instilled in me as a kid where, you know, you want to help others because at some point that you'll, you will need their help as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really stuck with me from, you know, since five till now I'm 44. It's awesome. Yeah. And I'm a
0: huge proponent of that, too. I I feel like in business, it's all about communications and relationship. Uh, and can you walk us through the path that you took now, you know, with this perspective from Hollywood entertainment to Target to now, you know, SVP at Adidas Group and, and some of these pivots and personal growth that you made along the way.
1: Yeah, I, I would tell you, starting from Hollywood and making that transition, probably one of the most pivotal moments in my career was that uh, two and a half years at Hollywood Video as the director of distribution and supply chain. You know, I came to a company that was only one point five billion and very small amount of people. Jordan. So I would say 500 people in total in this $1.5 billion business that I was working with day in and day out. And it was incredible the diversity. You know, we had probably eight, nine different countries working in a distribution center and about probably 10 or 12 different languages. And uh, English wasn't the uh, standard day in and day out. And so I think where my value and passion for people, you know, kindness, compassion, respect, courtesy, all the simple things that you and I were raised with, I think that helped me a long way to really win over, you know, what one would consider a manufacturing or production facility. And going from there, going to Target, I mean, Target's well known for training and development and leadership. And so, you know, everything's a push button uh, operation there. You want a sales report, you get it. So you get to spend most of your time with people. So if you see the trend going from Hollywood Video to Target, it's really been around leadership, the entrepreneurial ability to work with one individual to uh, many individuals to help them achieve their goals. And to be honest with you, Jordan, most of the time I spend people help, uh, I help people achieve their personal goals. And frankly and candidly, it's not always with the, the company that I'm working for. And I think that's the secret sauce of which I've been able to build upon uh, going from Video to Target to Adidas, and I think if you ask my teams today at Adidas, what they would say about me is, hey, this guy's made an impact in my life personally, and it also translates into the business results at at Adidas Group. So I'm pretty proud of that, you know. And at some point, you know, hopefully uh, people will pass that along to other people who need their help. I love the term, the secret sauce. So I definitely want to look into the ingredients a little bit.
0: Sure. sure. <laughs> so what, um, can you walk us through maybe what that process is like, like what that conversation is like to identify someone's personal goals and, and how you align that with their day in and day out so that they're, you know, so that there is that alignment so they're able to be successful
1: in their career, but then achieve and make progress. Yeah. So I'm going to just cut to the chase. I think when people, my hypothesis is when you talk to people, the first five or six topics or sentences that they're talking about are really not what they intend to tell you, Jordan. And so you have to have the patience and the resilience and the persistence to continue to engage with somebody in an authentic and genuine way. And for me, others would say I'm pretty charismatic or gregarious, pretty outgoing. But I think that the the secret sauce starts with being an an acute listener. I Look at nonverbals. I stare at people in the eyes. I know that's uncomfortable for some and maybe not for others, but you can tell a lot uh, about a person when you're staring them in the eyes, really shutting down your internal voice and listening to them and what they're trying to say. And if you ask enough questions, which is kind of the second ingredient, if you're a great listeners, number one, uh, number two, if you are asking the appropriate questions because you're genuinely in the moment with them, they're going to tell you what they're, they're, they want you to to do or to be for them, whether it's a mentor, a coach, advice, or just a listener. And, you know, I think the third ingredient is I, I firmly believe everybody has their own solution with inside them. You just need somebody who's skilled enough or who's patient enough to help you unlock it. And I've kind of made a living off of that uh, in leadership, which is uh, being able to listen uh, with extreme focus to be able to ask the right questions and, and also read people's body language. If they're getting to a point where they're uncomfortable, that's probably where the real uh, secrets are to help them unlock. And so I would say that's probably at the end of the day, something that I would be most proud of to, to not only uh, admit, but to uh, tell you that that's where the secret sauce lies, which is helping people unlock their secrets of what they want to achieve, right? It's not what I want to achieve. And I think that's the key. I love that perspective and no wonder you're so successful in direct-to-consumer. No, I
0: appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. And I bet you have some amazing resources and books and things that we can get to in, in our Act 3 and in the Rapid Fire section. So I'm excited to dig in, in there too and, and see kind of some of these resources that you've used to, to help facilitate this this perspective. Cool. With this perspective that you have and, and wanting to understand how this now relays over into your day-to-day and the things that you focus on at the Adidas group. So as GM of direct-to-consumer for Adidas Group, what are your main focuses?
1: Yeah, let me give you kind of the high-level business speak first, and then I'll break it down into simple terms. I would say I create the vision. uh, I cultivate the culture within the organization. So the vision really, in my definition, is sales profit. What's our goals? What type of market share do we want to gain? Where do we want to be in one to, to five years? I would say the culture which is what I call the art. So if the business, division vision is, is where we're going, there's strategies and the science to help you get there, which is the roadmap. But I think my true um, responsibility is the culture of this organization, kind of like the brand guardian. You know, Do people have good core values? Do people have great core values? Do they fit the cultural fit of this company? And it's not just being a cool sneakerhead or, or being a previous athlete, et cetera. Um, You have to have a passion for sports, style, fashion, but you you also have to have good core values that any one of us would want to associate with inside and outside of work, right? And I think the important part is the outside part of work. Now, if I had to break it down in simple terms, Jordan, what I would say is my daily responsibility is to ensure that people, uh, when they get stuck, whether it's their own development, self-development, or where there's a business problem of which they are yet to solve. It's not that they're unable to solve. It's that they are yet to be able to solve. Help kind of move that that process along or that thinking along. And so, I would consider myself a consultant and advisor to the team uh, who really leads the day to day. Whether it's a store team, that could be an hourly team, it could be an ex- exempt team, I meaning annual salary. My job is really to help people move their thinking forward. And then getting to a stage where they can execute against it. So that's in my simple terms versus all the business speak. Gotcha.
0: Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. And so what are these things that you're looking at then on a day to day? Are you constantly looking at the numbers and then breaking those numbers down to figure out what that hurdle is to go or who that person is you need to talk to to you know, give them that pep talk? Or how do you navigate to connect the culture to the vision?
1: Yeah, I'll give you a real simple one. Um, I kind of break it down like, uh, this every day I get a report on sales and profits and margin percent, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And there's and budgets to it. When there are red numbers on the board, that's my first inquiry and curiosity to say, okay, if it's merchandising margin, let me go ask a few merchants, buyers, planners, uh, how they're feeling about their business today. You know, it could be as simple as, Hey, what'd you think of yesterday? Was there a, Activity action that occurred that uh, didn't allow us to achieve what you wanted. And, you know, being able to ask those very narrow and specific questions and let's say merchandise around the margin percent, generally you're going to get a whole bunch of very fact-based answers like, hey, last year was this holiday. We're not on this holiday this year. It's a different week. No problem. Those are very confident answers for me. It's the moments that matter to me are when people are like, hmm, we're not really sure. I mm. uh, think it's this, but we, we uh, are still looking for that. Or I might get the standard response, hey, we're still looking at it, or reporting hasn't run yet, or what have you. Those are the moments where I want to spend a little bit more time in and in the intent and positive intent to help su- support the group to getting to a level of confidence so that they can move forward to the next day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's really what a uh, uh, very narrow and specific behavior, which I, you would see me do, which is I like to BS with people, Jordan. I like to <laughs> understand what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you can't just always come when it's red numbers. You can't always just come and talk to people when it's black numbers, black being good. You got to come and make sure that it's commonplace that you really care about them, what's happening in their life and really sift through uh, the day to day. I mean, it's just life, buddy. My team will tell you, that you know, when I come around, there's a little anxiety based on their perception of my role and or title or whatever. I've never signed a title to my name in 22 years in the industry. I have signed my name, my given name, but I've never signed a title, and that's how I really behave day in and day out. Which is, I'm only human, just like you. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. I mean, you your day to day, you're
0: presented the evidence, and then you have to do this detective work and the, just your approach. It's not just trying to understand the numbers but you're trying to understand all the facets that create these numbers and that's that personal element as well and by understanding you know how the people are doing in their day-to-day that can obviously influence and and so um no it's really interesting that in how you perceive the interdependencies and how that then relates to the numbers uh that human factor
1: yeah and i would add uh jordan you really have to have a thirst to learn new things right and i think uh uh, in your role or my role, we're very high curiosity. We want to understand how things work, whether it's narrow and deep or maybe broad-stroked and, uh, and uh, across many topics. But the common denominator before for you and for me or for others is really that deep curiosity to learn what's going on and be able to support, right? Who doesn't want to, to help the team overcome and celebrate a victory? You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. And so it sounds like I
0: mean, just by talking about this day to day process, it really seems that, you know, the goals and things are set and it becomes more of a maintenance sort of activity to, to make sure that people are optimal, uh, perform, optimally performing and that they're on track. And is there is there anything also that you're doing on top of this that's pushing the envelope that's that's maybe different or unique that where you're helping the organization make an impact
1: in a different way? Yeah, for sure. I would consider myself, and I'm going to reference a book here. And I know this might be Act Three, but I'm going to reference a book <laughs> here, kind of Outliers by uh, Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell. And what I'll tell you is, you know, I'm an outlier. I want to continue to be an outlier. And really, what what draws from that book for me is, you know, I've spent a lot of time in many dif- disciplines. So, and I'm going to break it down in very simple, crude language. So I apologize, but I've worked every crap job coming up the the quote unquote ladder. I understand importance of every role and every, every function. Even if I haven't done it, and, and I may have done many, it's important to express to the team and or the people that you work with or work for that you understand the importance of the role and to help them feel uh, that you're on their side. You know, And so what I'm really trying to say is I really flipped the traditional paradigm of this top-down control. The higher you go up, the more power you have. Actually, I've I've reversed it in my organization, which is the higher you go up, the less important you are, mm. and people really feel that, and people see that, and uh, they feel like they matter in their shareholder because they're the decision makers. So when you walk into one of our Adidas stores, you will feel like they have the ability to make the decision to make sure that your customer journey and experience is the best, and if they can't, the next person up will be able to solve that, and. Uh, I'm the last person that should be hearing from the consumer for any type of problems. I always get to hear all the good stuff and the problems, but really the decision makers on the front line. And so that's really probably an emphasis that I would share with you that I've really turned the traditional paradigm upside down. I'm the least important. I'm the least most important person in the company. Interesting. And I kind of want to follow this topic about the front
0: line and and the consumer experience a little bit. You know, in looking at the data and, and understanding some of the shifts that are taking place and some of the things that you need to uh, discover and and optimize, how how has mobile thrown a wrench into this? Or, or what have you guys done to make this transition now that mobile is, is this reality that that's that first screen to a lot of these experiences?
1: Oh, man, Jordan, it, it has flipped everybody's world upside down. Um, it has flipped my world upside down. And I'll tell you which aspects of it. The speed of which information is shared, exchanged, and or available to our consumers, regardless of industry, is lightning fast. It's as difficult as catching lightning in a bottle. And what I will tell you is how it shaped my thinking and continues to shape my thinking every day. Think about this. If you really don't want to use a PC in the workplace today, you wouldn't have to. Um, I use my PC in months. I mean, I'm on my phone. I'm on business travel. There isn't anything that I couldn't do from a phone or, or, or multiple locations, right? Via phone. Perception is reality. Think about the omnichannel consumer. I don't like the buzzword, mm-hmm. but the consumer itself is omnichannel. They choose whatever path they want through whatever access point to whatever brand, company, process that they want. And so we are all chasing the consumer, being a consumer myself it's hard to predict. And so the the future of mobile is already here. And so I know that uh, may not even make sense, just what I said, but the future is evolving and it's organic and it's moving so fast that by the time we get to solve something, there's already 50 more things we have to solve for. (laughs) And I, I would say, wow, it's a very challenging space to A, get caught up with, B, to get involved and get some level of expertise in because the consumer's driving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love I love that term, chasing the consumer.
0: That's awesome. That'll be quotable somewhere. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so with, with all these challenges then and, and it kind of flipping your perspective on its head, what are the biggest hurdles that you're uh, experiencing right now that you're trying to overcome or, or some of the biggest ones that have come up that maybe weren't anticipated?
1: Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't think big companies or mid-sized companies and even small companies are prepared to do deal with this transformation that's happening in our industry. And I kind of deem it in a, a, a system way or a, my analogy is, hey, if you have an ecosystem of multiple supervisors or you look at org charts, as an example, Google, Microsoft, Adidas, Nike, whatever, you have multiple types of org charts where you're trying to get the decision-making closer to the front line, right? Mm -hmm. Someone like you and your organization or a startup uh, with two people or 20 people have the best chance at uh, achieving the the chase towards the consumer and what, what they're looking for. And the reason for that is you need to be small, nimble, and fast. And innovation, an overused word, but it's definitely something that's very critical Innovation in this in this sector requires fast decision-making, requires fast failing and learnings, and then recreation and trial and error. And I think that big companies, and uh, Adidas Group is a very big company, I would say we're not tackling it as fast as we can. Gotcha. So to maybe reiterate that core problem then is, is speed
0: and agility to just be able to react to the speed of the consumer? That's correct. Okay. And is there something specifically that you're seeing where this is the biggest problem, being able to be agile too? Is it is there a specific consumer touch point that you're seeing the hardest? Is it fulfillment? Is it, you know, the initial uh, you know, gathering of information? Like what have you been able to identify what that, that initial
1: pain point is? Yeah, and my hypothesis, I think there's three in my world of direct to consumer. I think demand fulfillment is average. Uh, meaning, hey, if we have it in stock and the pipeline's there and supply chain works, we can fulfill the demand. Mm-hmm. I think we are uh, below average in mobile. And what I would say by that is the experiences around mobile and the digital touch points that that a consumer uses via their phone. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we're at every avenue uh, we can be there. So I would say we're probably below average there, in my opinion. And then I, I would say connectivity in an ecosystem i would say we're slightly below average there with respect to uh, well let me say it differently let me say more positively what i think we're chasing if you're on facebook instagram pinterest and uh you know whatever other social digital community that you belong to is adidas group and or adidas there with you and helping you with that experience if you're uh on itunes or if you're on any other type of music forum are we there to support you uh, with your experience and um, providing feedback? And feedback really shouldn't be a download or upload. It should be continuous and ongoing. Mm-hmm. There should be a dialogue, right? And so your traditional models of, of past CRM, for example, hey, come into our store, we collect your email or phone or whatever that you would give us as a consumer, and then we talk transactionally. Those days are long gone, my friend, even though that might only have only been a year or two years ago. And so our company is really trying to get to that next level of evolution to have a a true ongoing relationship that's in seconds not minutes anymore. And that's where I think we are really trying to put our focus and energy as an organization. Interesting. I mean you you keep
0: saying like this is happening so fast and it's it's trying to catch up to the consumer and really it's catch up with the technology and there's just you know this fundamental Technology base that these companies have to have now, and they have to have this just baseline mobile experience, and everything has to be mobile responsive, and all of that. But now that we're introducing, you know, these new channels uh, with ways to build relationships with customers, you know, with Snapchat and Instagram, and there is going to be something else that comes with augmented reality. And now we're talking about new technologies that are coming to create these other platforms. Where where is your focus at there, and how are you keeping? to date with that?
1: Yeah, I think our overall company, so I'll give you a few things that our overall company is doing, and I think doing very well. I think our company created a newsroom where there's uh, very skilled individuals who are tracking all of these different sites, what's the buzz, search words, etc. around Adidas, whether it's brand building, whether it's product development, whether it's feedback around this relationship and or building one uh, and and maintaining one, I would say those are kind of the high level areas that we're focused on with different technologies and strategies. For me, uh, I'm about to engage next week specifically in kind of a music app with our key music partner and developing an organic way in which consumers walk into our stores or online in which they want to communicate with us and give us feedback. Maybe they want to add to the music. Maybe they want to tell us what different types of music they want to listen to. Maybe it's just a relationship and another door into the brand and learning about our brand and, and the people that uh, support this brand. And so that's just one example for me that opens up many doors. And so <laughs> the challenge, uh, Jordan, as you know very well, for me, which path do you want to take? Because the the possibilities are limitless right, when, right. once you start, right? So. Um, I decided to go with music, in in my case, uh, um, starting next week to develop an app that allows our consumers to opt in to help us play music in stores or add music that they may have picked up. It also generates interest with up-and-coming musicians, artists that um, maybe want a shot because, as you know, we have a very large uh, style and off-court, if you will, division called Originals. And so Originals is really around uh, artists, creating your own style, being your own footprints. And so this kind of plays well into one of our brand strategies, but for me directly, it allows our consumers to interact with our stores and our employees and our team that we can then bring back that information in in a faster way, not only through the app, but also creating that experience in store. I mean, today, simply put Jordan, it's about the consumer experience. Everybody else is clerking. If you're not willing to have a customer come in for 45 minutes and just BS with you, get as much in- information exchanged back and forth between Adidas uh, and the team members and the consumer, in my opinion, then everything else is just sales clerking. Mm-hmm. The expectation from the consumer is so high today that they, they you don't know what they're looking for. It's our job to understand what they want their experience to be. And that's the, the unique challenge ahead for all of us. I think this is an awesome idea and I, I kind
0: of want to talk it up a little bit more because I think it's really cool. It's 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 an open source consumer generated brand experience. That's correct. That's crazy. You know, it's, it's no more uh, trying to do what the consumer wants and putting the consumer first.
1: It's literally having the consumer drive the bus. That's correct. Yeah, that's really cool. That's exactly what we're about to engage in. And so certainly it's going to be piloted. We will really allow the consumers to help drive this forward and tell us you know, what's good, what's not good and become part of the brand to your point around being an open source brand. It's one of our key global strategies and this is a way in which I can contribute from a direct-to-consumer perspective with over, I don't know, three 400 touch points around the US and Canada.
0: And, and so I kind of want to wrap up this, this core act right here. You've mentioned earlier that mobile, the future of mobile is already here. So with that in mind, what do you think is going to be next, you know, with the new with new technologies coming out? And, you know, this talk of of augmented reality being part of the iPhone eight and some, you know, these new software platforms evolving. What what do you anticipate coming next?
1: You know, my opinion is there's always going to be new shiny bells and whistles and apps. I think the next movement will be to connect the ecosystem that an individual company has or to connect them because we've seen augmented reality, we've seen VR, uh, virtual reality, we've seen independent, let's say, uh, system, software, applications, processes. I think the next move in the industry, the first to, to connect all of these is where all the consumers are going to migrate to, meaning the first company to do it. And I think that's probably, in my estimation, over the next 12, 24 months. Just think about the car industry as an example. It's just to pull the page from them. They are building, uh, let's see, uh, Tesla is on its way, and um, boy, uh, I'm missing the, the company. Essentially, it, the car experience, the electric car industry is moving to full experience self-driving cars, self-parking cars, that the consumer, when they sit in there, they can you know, read their emails, they can talk to their friends on social, digital. I think that connected experience is really what the industry is still chasing. Interesting. Yeah, and I think I saw an article
0: on TechCrunch uh, last week about Uber partnering with some automated car driving company to bring even Uber to that level to where you don't even have to own the car anymore. It can just, you can just Correct. get that experience right there. Correct. And so you've, you've touched on this uh, a little bit with this music app that you're talking about, but what is the coolest thing that you're working on right now that you want everyone to follow up with and, and to check out?
1: Yeah, I think to be honest with you, as, as uh, we start to not only open source this app with our, our consumer, maybe it's the industry uh, or, or the interested listeners on this call. I mean, look, the more ideas, the better. And uh, we're, we're an open source company. And so the music app, There's probably six or seven components to it, just at initial glance. But if I'm really honest with you, it's probably 60 or 70 different pathways from there, right? And so it'll be a matter of prioritization and resources as we we get into this. So what I would say is, look, we want to open source our music within our our ecosystem, allow our consumers to help drive it just as much as they want to have a voice in our brand and what products that we create. And and we do that well today. And so to take a, a page from our, global, uh, product and business units and, and brand marketers. I think we can certainly do this, uh, at a variety of levels, including in direct to consumer. Yeah,
0: this is great. And I'll make sure to link to this in the show notes and keep up to date with you. So as uh, you make progress with this, we can make sure that everyone can tune in on that.
1: Very cool. Yeah. And, uh, so Nick, where would you like us to go to keep tabs on, on your work? I'd have to follow up with you on that okay. because we're about to meet for the first time next week, but we'll certainly communicate on it. And, uh, certainly keep our audience uh, up to speed. Great. And
0: so I'll make sure to update that too so everyone can make sure to uh, to follow Nick and, and his work at Adidas Group. And also make sure to tune in Friday for a rapid fire round where Nick is going to be sharing some of his uh, most valuable resources. Thanks for spending some time with us, man. I really appreciate uh, you know the transparency and the perspective and, and all that you've shared here and all the resources. It's been
1: a pleasure to have you on. Hey, Jordan, I appreciate and honored that you uh, had me on your show today. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening. Join us next week for a conversation with Ken Heron, Chief Marketing Officer at Unified Inbox. And I'm always happy to be a resource in any way that I can. So visit EmergeMobileFirst.com to reach out to me directly or for additional insights, resources, and bonus tools that can help catapult your organization to the next level. Until next time, think mobile first.